WNJH HD1 Hamilton. WNJH Radio, its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this site or the radio station and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. This site does not endorse anything as the truth. That you will have to judge for yourself. But we try to speak the truth on the owner's behalf and reserve the right to question the supposed truth. It is sometimes hard to get the truth, but we must try. It is not our intention to libel, discriminate, make hate, or annoy anyone. This site takes no responsibility for the opinions of others in the postings of comments in chat rooms or forum posts. WNJH Radio presents Voice of Freedom, a weekly political call-in show heard every Thursday at 7 p.m. Voice of Freedom will cover national, state, and local politics. Now here's your host, Dr. Otto Hernandez. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Voice of Freedom radio program. I am your host, Otto Hernandez, and it's not only my pleasure, but it's also my privilege to be with you tonight. We have a great guest coming on tonight, uh, about midway through the show, Joe O'Donohue, who is a great conservative, career law enforcement, who is running for Atlantic County Sheriff. And uh, Joe will be joining us about midway through the program, and Joe, I think, will be a great guest. Everybody will enjoy. Rick, how's your week been, buddy? Oh, it's been heftive, very heftive. Well, it keeps you out of trouble, keeps you out of the, keeps you out of the pool room. No, that's the problem. I keep getting myself in trouble, so I think I'm going to just permanently lock myself away and just do a forever uh, quarantine, and that'll be the end. There you go. So, well, I mean, you'll be if you do that, you will be very, very well missed by the whole community. You know that. I don't know. I I, I don't know about that because uh, well, <laughs> let me rephrase that. I think the community in whole would miss me, but there's always one or two people that go out there and constantly and constantly say that I'm a liar and I don't know what I'm talking to. Oh so, my god! Oh my yeah. god! What the hell is going on? Exactly. Oh my god! That's yeah. awful. Yes, and, and you know me long <laughs> enough to know that I know what I'm talking about. It, it may not come well. out correctly because you know I'm not politically correct. Um, but... I wasn't expecting this kind of drama when I asked you how your week had been. I, I, you know, oh, I was expecting like eh, it's been a nice week. No, it started know. off from actually started off from last Friday Holy and is shit. going through. Um, the weekend, but the All good, right. but the good thing is, every now and then, our boy Waffle posts something on Facebook oh, page. Yeah, Facebook is uh, is always always great drama to, to make yeah. us laugh a little bit. Like, yes. no, Mike, uh, golf is Saturday. If you want to come join us, you're welcome. But we're not waiting until Monday, you nipwit. All right, so that's my speech. Go ahead, it's your show. <laughs> well, you know that every week I have a theme, and my theme for this week is. Uh, I felt I, I'm always sourcing material for the show, and I like to look at all kinds of different stuff to give myself ideas about what we want to focus on and talk about. And I found a great article this week. I posted it on my Facebook page, and uh, really the focus of the article has to do with something that I've been saying probably for the last six or seven weeks, which is the virus is real, but our response has been a hoax. And the article identifies some of the reasons why. I want to read a couple of excerpts, and I hope that our listeners enjoy them. I won't bore them with the entire article. It's an article from the Washington Times by a person named Cheryl Chumley. I'm not familiar with the author, but uh, despite the fact that I do read quite a lot of articles. The new coronavirus is real. The response to the coronavirus is hyped. 
And in time, this hype will be revealed as politically hoaxed. In fact, COVID-19 will go down as one of the one of the political world's biggest, most shamefully overblown, overhyped, overly and irrationally inflated and outright deceptively flawed responses to a health matter in American history. One that was carried largely on the lips of medical professionals who have no business running a national economy or a government. The facts are this, COVID-19 is a real disease that sickens some, proves fatal to others, mostly the elderly, and does nothing to the vast majority. Or in the words of Dan Erickson and Artin Massey, doctors and co-owners of Accelerated Urgent Care in Bakersfield, California, let's get the country reopened and now. Those two doctors, by the way, put, up, put out a, 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 a video interview which has been largely circulated on YouTube, Facebook. I had it on my Facebook page very early in the week. And it's, been, it's since been taken down. Of course. But one thing we've been noticing is more and more medical professionals are speaking out in regards to the overreaction that we've had to this particular virus. The two doctors say, do we still need to shelter in place? Our answer emphatically, no. Do we need businesses to be shut down? Our answer emphatically, no. They're right. The data to keep America closed and Americans closed in simply doesn't exist. If truth be told, it's questionable that it ever did. The scientists leading the coronavirus shutdown charge predicted in March that in America between 100,000 and 250,000 would die. They based those estimates on computer modeling. We've talked about the computer models on this show many, many times. They have had to revamp those models multiple times because the models continue to be wrong. Again, the article, at the same time, they were basing these estimates on modeling, acknowledging that modeling is inaccurate and errs on the side of hype. I've never seen a model of diseases I've dealt with where the worst case actually came out, said Dr. Anthony Fauci. They always overshoot. Catch that? Fauci's message. Computer models are flawed and inaccurate and always overestimate the problem. But from these faulty, overinflated computer figures came all the constitutionally questionable actions by government anyway. Ordering businesses closed to quarantining slash house arresting American citizens doing some quick and pitiful and economically painful income redistribution schemes via the stimulus funds legislations. Government ordered hospital weeks ago to stop performing elective surgeries, make the way for projected numbers of coronavirus patients. And in doing so, they cut off the revenue streams of the hospital. So Congress then passed legislation giving hospital billions of dollars to treat coronavirus patients. Conflict of interest? Absolutely. And the fact of the matter is, as we know, Rick, the, the, the many doctors and hospitals have since come out and said that they have purposely inflated the numbers because that's the only way they get funded. The government is providing funding for hospitals who stop doing elective surgery. Elective surgery is, is the lifeblood of hospitals. This is where they make most of their money. Right. And the government stopped them from doing it. In order to get, in order to start, keep, you know, getting some revenue, they had to inflate the the, the death numbers. Yes, very true. Um, I don't know if you noticed this week, but the the government of Italy also put out um, that, in their estimation, ninety nine percent of the deaths that they that they claimed happened in Italy, ninety nine percent of those folks had other illnesses. Oh, definitely. 
There's no doubt about it. And this is, you know, this is a scandal. I think uh, the the more I see of this and the more I hear of this, the more the more that this whole thing is continues to rub me the wrong way. Um, I'm glad to see that more and more medical doctors are speaking out in regards to to what we're doing to ourselves and to our economy with this. And mark and mark my words on this, Rick. I think when this is all said and done, there will be there will be articles written, research done, and it will prove that we have way overreacted and we did not need to do what we have done in regards to killing our economy to compensate for this virus. The 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 death rates will be significantly lower than were predicted or even that are being said now. Right. The, 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 and I'm glad they continue to push for the testing because one of the things the testing is going to prove is that a lot of people had the virus. Correct. And were walking around without symptoms or maybe some very mild symptoms. Absolutely. And all of those folks should be included uh, in the statistics that will continue then. The more people that we see that had the virus, the more it will decrease the death rate. Right. To Absolutely. The, to the point where the death rate is going to be is going to be one percent or below. Um, our first caller of the evening. Yes, you're on the air. Voice Hold of on. freedom. Go right ahead. You're on the air. Hello. You there? Hello. Hello. We can hear your music. All right, we'll go drop you. Call us back when you're ready. Yep, call back when you're ready. Our, our, and by the way, let me give out our numbers for the night, 609-593-9654, 609-593-9654, 609-593-WNJH. So, Did you notice that our governor, by the way, visited the, the president today in the White House? Yeah, well, yeah, I heard that all over the news. I didn't watch it because I like the TV that's in my office. I would have thrown something at it. Um, the governor did that. Actually, has been in the news quite a bit this week. Uh, aside from visiting the president, he also decided that it was a good idea, after all, to open public parks and golf courses and stuff. This is, you know, a couple of weeks after he decided that it wasn't a good idea to have them open. So, I'm not quite sure what changed his mind, but he decided that it was time to reopen them. Um, he, he even went. He even went so far as to say the guy. The guy is an arrogant little man. He is, uh, again, on the power trip of his life. His arrogance is, is remarkable. Uh, but he did say that, uh, that he was not swayed by any of the oh. public opinion. All right, we have a caller. Are you on the line? Otto, Dan from Winona. Dan from Winona. Our, our, historically, our first caller of the night every week. Uh, I think Dan had, you know, might have dozed off one week i forget which week and he wasn't the first caller but it's always a pleasure to hear from dan our, our financial guru dan what's on your mind tonight what what kind of uh what kind of financial insights do you have for us today the market had a lukewarm week i saw well a very nice day a lukewarm day i mean yesterday was a very nice day uh, people are optimistic about about states having a plan to open up, mm -hmm. and that's what and that's what drove the market yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, and today Th thank back, God! But. Thank God! Other governors are actually moving this forward. Our governor is stuck in uh, neutral in regards to a plan. Somebody needs to actually send him what you know definition of what the word plan means. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, each, each state's going to move at their own uh, at their own pace, and, and obviously here in New Jersey, we're probably one of the more affected states. But uh, nationwide, as as these plans become public, uh, the market likes it, and the market is starting to to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and and again, as I told you every week, I don't think we're out of the woods yet, but but the market does like what's going on. Um, oil prices, uh, you know, have crept up a little bit here the last couple of weeks, so so that instability has been reduced. Mm-hmm. So so I think everything is uh, is, is looking good, you know, uh, not not great, and there's still going to be some pretty bad unemployment numbers. Some pretty bad earnings numbers coming out, mm-hmm. but you know, to an extent, that's to be expected. The market, the market is looking ahead, you know, six months, nine months, uh, and, and that's and that's what moves the market is what the uh, the outlook is for six, nine months down the road. So, Dan, the uh, the uh, um, I've been hearing the word recession quite a lot in the in the in the news and in the business programs and so forth. Are, are we in a recession right now? Well, you know, mathematically, statistically, you know, probably. But, but the cause of it is, uh, is something that can be reversed quickly. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is as these stay-at-home orders get, get lifted, a good part of the unemployment numbers are, are going to go away quickly. I mean, the anticipation is the next set of unemployment numbers come out. We could be as high as 19 percent, and that's a mm-hmm. number that we haven't seen since pre-World War II. Yeah, that's what I was hearing today. Somewhere between 18 and 20 percent. We're at 30 million so, people thereabouts right now. Yeah. So obviously, that's a horrific number. Now, uh, you know, May 15th, you know, uh, maybe 25, 30 percent of those people go back to work immediately. So. Mm-hmm. So you know all these numbers, recession, unemployment—they're, they're, you know, they're they're brutal numbers, but you know, there there is a reason why. You know, it's not a slowly declining economy that's caused people to be out of work. They, you know, mm-hmm. they were told to stay home, right. and that's very different. Exactly. So so yeah, the the bad unemployment numbers—they're going to be bad, uh, but they could you know a good part of that's going to be corrected here, I believe, over the next. You know, over the next four weeks, over the next six weeks, as uh, as we enter, you know, various stages of. of uh, so, as far as your as far as you're concerned, you think that that even though we we are probably in a recession right now, that we can emerge, we can emerge quickly from it as a result of people getting back to work and and having disposable income and so forth. I, I think it's going to be better, relatively quickly, mm-hmm. and, and by better, I mean uh, you know, in the next couple of months. Okay. Uh, there is going to be a portion, unfortunately, um, that isn't going to recover as quickly. And and you know we talked about it a little bit last last week. You know some of these restaurants mm-hmm. that that they're going to be forced to limit their capacity to twenty five percent of their seating capacity, thirty yeah. percent of the seating yeah. capacity. You know there's small restaurants that just can't survive. No, they that. can't. They can't. I mean, uh, if you have if you have a dozen tables and you're you're down to three or four, you might as well just it's 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 going to hurt. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's I not was work. Uh, talking to a local restaurant about that, Danny, just uh, over the weekend, and they're debating about that because if they got to do twenty five percent of their capacity, you know, the overhead is still going to be more than what they could see. Even if they sure. do, re- you know, reservations and 
you know, and put a whole gallon Clorox. Well, on they the- have they have a significant amount of fixed costs right. that that aren't going to change whether they have uh, you know three tables full or twenty tables right. full. I mean, right. it's it's untenable. Yeah. It's untenable. Yeah, no, and and with these summer months coming, that these yeah. are the months that these restaurants need to be, and that they need to, and they plan on, and and customarily they're at eighty ninety percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I hope yeah, that we continue to put, I mean, I, I did read in the press this week that some of our local county and, and uh, elected legislators are starting to put together some kind of plan to get the shore open by Memorial Day. I hope they can sell our sleepy governor on this. Uh, you know, it, the, the folks down the shore have three or four months to make a living. And if you're going to you're going to take a month or two out of their out of their uh, earnings. Uh, that's that's extremely damaging to those folks. Yeah. They, that that you know the the governor just needs to wake up and somebody needs to light a fire under his ass in this regard. I don't know if you heard of it. I Chris, when I heard it the other day, when one of the mayors down by the shore said, "Well, hopefully this will spill over and it'll stay busy till the end of fall," which yes, it's still relatively warm, but the only problem is kids are back to school then. So. Right. You know, his his intentions were well, but the idea ain't going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and look, you, you still have to deal with people's desire to go out. Yes. And, and while there's a lot of us that are, uh, you know, have cabin fever and are ready to go out, you know, there's a lot of people uh, that, that see themselves in the high-risk age range that are, are going to be very, you know, very cautious. Oh, I think I think that th- that is the majority. I mean, the folks who think like you and I do are in the minority here. I think I think the majority of people are still deathly afraid of going out. I think they have been basically, you know, just talked down into submission with fear by the media and by these doctors. Uh, I don't know if you heard my opening my opening talk, Dan, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, the coronavirus is a flu. It it is. Oh, it's so and when close. it's all said and done, the numbers are going to justify that that this is. You know, we've never shut down in this country for anything, leave alone for a flu. And and the damage that we've done here because of of something like this is to me immeasurable and totally unnecessary. Well, totally unnecessary. Yeah, and and uh, the, the damage at this. Point, you know, we can recover from. Okay. Uh, but if it, you know, if it goes on much longer, mm-hmm. like, so we're not going to be able to. I just got off the phone. That the reason I didn't call you earlier, Otto, you know, I like to be on the phone, you know, at seven with you. But I was talking to one of my clients who uh, who is an employer, and he employs about fifty people, and he's, you know, he's doing all he can to keep them keep them employed, keep them working. He, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he did, he did the PPP loan. And he's like, look, I can I can make this work for you know for seven eight weeks, but right. when we come out of this in eight weeks, if he doesn't have the orders, um, you know that, that keep his business alive, you know he's going to have to let people go, and, mm-hmm. that's, and and that's not an uncommon story. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dan. So so right now, you know, maybe we can do something else. If uh, it, you know, if we don't start opening up in May. And I think you're rolling, then yeah, a lot, of, a lot of businesses will not yep. recover. Yep. Dan, by the way, I I saw you were again. You know, you're you're regionally. I'm not even going to say locally. I'm going to say regionally now. You're regionally renowned for your expertise. You're the go-to for PHL television out of Philly and a couple other stations. 
and I saw the little bit that you did with WPHL yesterday. Another outstanding job by you. They, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're nice people. The morning anchors are very, uh, very friendly. They make it, uh, they make it easy for, uh, for, for a non-television professional like myself to come on. And I, I always thought you had a face for radio. But the more I see you on TV, the you know the more I'm starting to like your your face for TV. I, here I thought you always you know I always thought you had a, basically a face for radio. But uh, you're you're very telegenic. You are, and the glasses was a good look. Okay, they, well, they're just regular glass, right? Those glasses. But you know what? They, they were they're still a good look though. I actually uh, I, I do need those to, to, to see now. Uh, okay. Well, you know, you know that's what happens when you get a little older, Dan. Danny, Dan, I, I want to thank you again for your call. Always insightful, always interesting and entertaining. Thanks again. Keep things going in Winona. All right. Have a good night, sir. Thanks. Again. We're going to take a we're going to take a short break for a commercial. Again, our number six zero nine five nine three nine six five four. 609-593-WNJH, and we will catch you on the flip side. Don't go away. Hello, Kubo. What have you got planned for today? Come on, this way. Adventure can be found anywhere, but the best place to start is in the forest. It's the most powerful magic there is. Head outside to discover incredible animals. Wow. And beautiful plants that come together to create an unforgettable adventure. <laughs> so grab your loved ones and explore a world of possibilities. Visit discovertheforest.org to find the closest forest or park to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. My teacher said that we should have a plan in case of an emergency. Do we have one? First thing I'm going to do is grab a flashlight with dead batteries. I'm going to start randomly throwing clothes in the bag. You two will be hiding in the closet and Dad won't be able to find you. And that's when we both start crying. Uncontrollably. Can you pass the cutlets? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Search ReadyKids at NYC.gov or call 311. Brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. WNJHradio.com. Proud to salute and support all of our hometown South Jersey medical professionals, law enforcement, and all local businesses. Spotlighting in Ferreira's Market on 3rd Street in Hamilton. Call them at 609-561-1061. Check them out on the web, inferrerasmarket.com. Featuring groceries, deli, meats, breads, and a great takeout menu. WNJHradio.com. Proud to be live, local, and loyal to South Jersey. All right, we're back with while Doc's putting his headsets on. Once again, the number of area code 609-593-9654. Once again, 609 609- Five nine three nine six five four. We got caught off guard a little bit because we were talking about our friend Mike Wolfel. And Mike, I got one thing to say to you. And if you think hard enough, you'll know what it is. Go ahead, Doc. We're we're waiting. We're waiting for our guest caller tonight, Joe O'Donohue. So in the meantime, we'll continue with uh, sort of the subject that we had started off the show with, and uh, and we'll talk about a little bit about Governor Murphy. Uh, we've been talking on the show for for weeks now about the the huge mistake of shutting out shutting off parks. 
And again, the governor has finally relented on that and decided that it is a good idea, after all, to, to reopen the parks. I always wondered why Walmart was safe and, and open-air parks full of space were not safe. Um, but then again, nothing that our governor has done in regards to the lockdown makes any sense whatsoever. All right, I think we have our caller on the line. Joe, welcome to the show. How are you? Joe. Yeah. Uh, who's calling? Uh, this is Dave. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Where are you calling from, Dave? Uh, I'm calling from Tom's River. All right, Dave. Awesome. Welcome to the program. Thanks. I just want to piggyback off what uh, Dan was saying about reopening the economy. Let's talk about um, a little bit about I, Governor Murphy. I think it's... Uh, we've been talking about the show for, for weeks. Dave, do you have do you have the uh, do you have your your the radio on in the background? Uh, hold on, let me turn. Yeah, it down. turn it down, please, because yeah. we get echo here. Uh, my fault. I'm just. It's okay. Uh, yeah, so I want to piggyback off what he said. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm out here in Tom's River, waiting for the train to New York City. <laughs> I think it just arrived. <laughs> uh, to New York City here. Um, uh, 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 yeah, sorry, just caught my train. <laughs> it's still there? Yes, we're still here. We're still here. Dave, yeah, get, so, Dave, get uh, to the point quick. I don't want to rush you, but we do have a guest caller that we're waiting on. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, the deep state and, the um, you know, it's just the fact that... Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, Dave, why don't you, Dave? Let me ask you. Let me ask you to call back. Let me ask you to call back when there's less background noise, please. Uh, I'm having technical difficulties. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let you. We'll let you call back. When you call back, we'll put you right through. All right. Well, that was that was interesting. Yes, very. For a second there, I thought the train was coming right through the studio. Yes, but, I did but, too. But we're we're safe. We're safe. Dan, when you get situated where the train's quiet and there's no background noise, don't. Um, back then. Again, our governor. Back to our governor. Let's see if we can't finish. Uh, let's see if we can't finish off well, on, on on Governor Murphy. Can I give you my two cents on this? Why he decided the day after he announced that he wasn't going to open all the parks. You have a theory. I have a theory, but we have a call. Right? All right. Let's hope, let's see if this is our this is our guest. Hello, Joe. You're on the air. Hi, how are you, Mr. Hernandez? How's uh, everybody? I'm doing very well, Whoa, Joe, and, and please call me Otto. Ooh, I'm going to try. You know, I'm a little old school that way. I know you are. You and I had a, a very nice, very nice conversation this week. I learned a lot about you, and one of those, one of the things I learned about you is that you are you are old school, great old school values. Um, first of all, let me thank you for coming on the show. Everybody, oh, everybody, you. everybody, your way is is healthy and happy. Everybody doing well. Now, praise God, we're all healthy, and um, I, I think that, you know, given that four of my sons are in law enforcement, we have to be doubly thankful because mm -hmm. they're out there every day. Okay. Now, I, I, I did talk a little bit about you uh, before, before you came on. You're running for sheriff for Atlantic County, and uh, yes, if, you, if you'd like, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in law enforcement and so forth, and... Uh, and one of the reasons you decided that you want to run for sheriff? Well, sir, basically, um, my I'm a father of twelve, and I am of uh, my mother's a Japanese American and my father's Irish. Obviously, I have a strong connection to 
all the communities as my father was publicly involved. And we're a very diversified family. I have 26 grandchildren and seven great-grandchildren. Remarkable, remarkable. Well, I I mean, I I hope you can keep track of everybody, right? You remember all their names and everything? (laughs) And and the beauty of it is they keep track of me. So it's it's a pretty happy, wholesome family. We, Uh you know, we're strong law enforcement background, public service background. It's actually in the genes, you know? And Good. what I'll say, what I'll say to you is, I I have a, a a strong, strong, strong love for law enforcement in general. It's been my mm-hmm. life's work. Mm-hmm. It's it's been most of my life has been dedicated to public safety and law enforcement. I am a retired member of the Atlantic County Sheriff's Office, and if I am fortunate enough to be elected to this position, I will be the first member of this agency ever to be elected to this agency. We've never had one of our own. We've that's remarkable. Somebody from here. Yeah, that's remarkable. That, and that, that is not necessarily a positive. Well, it's always, they come from other agencies. They mm-hmm. don't understand our agencies' uh, functions, or they have their own ideologies that they bring from other agencies, and we're our own separate entity. We mm-hmm. have separate duties and tasks that may differ from general law enforcement, but nonetheless, we are fully sworn duty-bound law enforcement officers, and we have a fine agency of men and women who are absolutely dedicated to the job. I'll say to you that I became a special officer in Atlantic City. That's where I started my career. I grew up in Atlantic City. I went from there to Hamilton Township, where I was almost nine years. I also served with the municipal agency of Mullica Township, which had wonderful people. And I've been assigned to several federal task forces, as well as um, being one of the three sergeants for the uh, Atlantic County Superior Court, mm-hmm. where I handled all the civil litigation matters, to include evictions, unfortunately, with, at the worst time possible, when we were number one in the country for evictions. Mm-hmm. It's my intention to bring that service work, that public-minded spirit, back to the agency, and to return us to law enforcement, which is where we should be. Right. I will tell you that um, I, we discuss it every day at the dinner table. You know, I told you I have four sons who are law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And every single day, that's the topic, either telephonically, as we do now, or in person. And I've made it my life's work. Mm-hmm. Very commendable. I have no aspirations mm-hmm. of any other political position. This has always been my passion, and it will continue to be forever and ever. Very good. So, Joe, how long have you been out of the Sheriff's Department? I know you may have mentioned that, but I was answering some uh, questions on the Facebook page. How long have you been out of the Sheriff's Department now? Well, it's been 14 years. However, I was with the Superior Court, which is handles almost to a T, the exact same job, and I had contact with the men and women of that office uh, every day. Uh, I worked in coordination with them. I, it's exactly the same job, but it's the civil aspect of the job. Okay. I did all, I handled evictions, and I would say to you that at one point, I was the sole officer for two years that handled every eviction in this county by myself. I did not have a team like the sheriff's office has, and we did it 
compassionately, we did it fairly, and we were able to do it without incident, which mm-hmm. is amazing because you're actually putting people, unfortunately, out of the place they live. Sure. Yes. It was a difficult yes. and arduous task at best. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. You had the, the, the Lord watching over you. That's why you did it so correctly. Um, not I, to, I thank God every day. Joe, how, how is your campaign going? Well, I know you're you not. Know, I know you're not able to get much actual campaigning done because of the current circumstances. Uh, I, I did see that you have a very active website, which which I want to talk to you about in a, in a minute or two. But uh, in general, how would you say your campaign is going? Our campaign is, as you know, on hold, and it should be. We're in the middle of an epidemic here, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it really takes precedent over everything. Sure. And people really don't want to even hear. They hear politics. They're inundated with it. Now's really not the time. We need to focus on helping each other moving forward mm-hmm. and and reassuring each other in a positive manner. Not They don't need negative talk. There's plenty of time for that in this okay. world. And they're getting too much of it. So my goal has to been to help everybody to, however I can, whether it's um, elderly people who can't pick up prescriptions to groceries to... Other people, as you know, we have different programs out here that do that, but there's not enough of that, mm-hmm. and people are scared, especially the sure. elderly. Sure, as well they should um, be. As well they should be. You know. So you're want, so you're sort of running what I would call a soft campaign. You're doing you're doing it, things out in the community and so forth, uh, continuing to have a high visibility and profile. I am, and I can tell you that. Um, believe me, when I when I do these things, it's not. Uh, somebody have some of these people have actually said to me, I haven't heard. You tell me you're running for sheriff. I heard it from somebody else, mm-hmm. and I tell them, this isn't really about that. This is about what we've done our whole life, yeah. service to others, and helping people. I I don't want to make it a political issue. There's plenty of time for politics. Sure. Now I I do know that you you did take take umbrage with the governor on one political issue. I, we've been very outspoken on this program. I've talked for weeks about not only our governor here in New Jersey, but other governors that are, that are Democrats and, and more liberal states that have decided that the coronavirus is the perfect opportunity to start emptying their prisoners, uh, start emptying their prisons and, and putting convicts out on the street uh, I know Murphy's done it in New Jersey, and all I do is keep reading about some of these folks that get put back, get put out on the street, and within a day or two, they're back in jail again. And I, I did see on your website, and, and know, you know, know, know that it, that you have been very outspoken in regards to this particular issue uh, as a negative uh, for for Governor Murphy and the state of New Jersey. I have to say to you, Mr. Hernandez, this. I, I just couldn't keep quiet. As a citizen, I couldn't. I wouldn't have been able sure. to keep quiet, and let alone as a candidate. I just feel, you know, they didn't abide by the rules and regulations of the government and and, and us as a people. What makes you think by letting them out they're going to abide by rules of uh, uh, what we're dealing with now on a social level? It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And. They're rearrested. The, re- the recidivism rate is, is insane. Mm-hmm. It puts public safety and personal safety at risk. Our police officers have to rearrest and then relocate, and they're committing the same crimes that they were put in jail for. So it tells me that they haven't changed. 
Keep of course not. Mind. Of course not. In I'm, many cases, these are career criminals, and and violent and violent criminals. ones at that. I mean, the the disregard, as you said, more more as a citizen than as somebody from with a law enforcement background. As a citizen, just, the disregard for the safety and security of the citizens of New Jersey to me is appalling. I, I, that what these governors are doing and putting these folks back out on the street shows a shows a disregard for the rest of us. Well, it's pandering. I call it political pandering. You know, difficult decisions come in front of you every day, especially when you're in a position of authority to make decisions. And you have to make them based on what you know to be the truth. The, the elements that our Constitution are based on are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And to do this, to me, I just couldn't believe that the governor condones it, supports it, and does it. I, I just... It's, it's unconscionable. It really is. Yeah, it and is. it puts us all at risk. I did see one sheriff. I uh, don't know if they're in a position to change their mindsets. And mm-hmm. Listen, I'm, I'm all about giving everybody a second and third chance. Absolutely. I've had a few, I've had a few in my life, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we all make mistakes and we all do things. But there's a process be- for that. There's a, there's a process for that. But you have to pay a penalty to cross the, exactly. the toll and the bridge. That's the process. You know, there's a, there's a fee. And mm-hmm. when that fee's paid, then you cross that bridge. There, I, so I did that. read a, a couple of weeks ago that there was a sheriff, I forget what county, up north somewhere. It might have been Bergen County that, that's that's hitting me in the in the back of the head here that, that also was very outspoken in regards to this. Do you do you recall who that was, Joe? Uh, I believe that was the sheriff in Bergen County. Bergen and County, okay, so I was are, right opposed to it as, as they should they're, anyone they're, in law enforcement would be opposed to it first of all it does is make their life more difficult well it, it's difficult to arrest people as it is today with our present our laws the way they stand let alone refine and rearrest mm-hmm. for the same crime and I, I just think that this wasn't thought out social distancing in uh, uh, in the in the uh, facilities that we have the state facilities they're in a controlled environment. Right. They're and already quarantined. They're quarantined. Right. <laughs> it's keep the ultimate. Mind, it's the ultimate quarantine. And keep in mind, you're correct. And keep in mind, half of them were tested, mm-hmm. so they're out here. We don't know what we're exposed to. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a it's very tough situation thoughtless. to deal with on the law enforcement end. Thoughtless, and irresponsible. Be- I mean, I don't know how many negative words I can come up with in, in a matter of a few seconds, but it is it is just absolutely appalling. I'm concerned. My concern as a law enforcement-minded individual should be very simply public safety mm-hmm. and the sanctity and safety of our, our citizens. Well that said. That becomes well first and foremost. Yep. Well said. And anything else should be secondary. When you take a job, if, if I wanted to be a senator, for example, I, I, I have to take on legislation. I have to do certain things. And I have to responsibilities that are dedicated to that, you know, delegated to that title. Mm-hmm. The sheriff and all law enforcement officers are delegated, and um, they should be duly diligent of the oaths, oath of office that they took. Mm-hmm. And I feel very strongly about that. And I think that this there should be more law enforcement me- members speaking out, not just on Facebook, but I mean the leaders of law enforcement. Yes, we lack luster leadership in some areas. No, and I commend don't. you. I, I commend you. It takes, especially for someone running for office, because you know you're you're looking for voters. 
I, I commend you a hundred percent, Joe. You what you've done takes significant courage for someone in your in your in your situation as a candidate to be so outspoken against the against the incumbent governor. That's I, I you have you have one hundred percent of my respect for that. And I think it speaks very highly of you. I, I you know, and and you have my endorsement. I can tell you that, my friend. Um, well, I thank you, Mr. Hernandez. We will continue. We will continue to talk about Joe Donahue in this program right up until election day. You, you will have my endorsement and and, and my full support. And and the same here, Joe. You haven't met me yet, Rick, but uh, we will get you back on it when we get closer to the election, where you're not calling through a phone this time, and you can sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee with Ah uh, and watch him look at himself in the mirror and all that, but. Good luck, sir. If there's anything that we could do for you as a station, we'll be more than happy to help you, my friend. And we'd love I to have you back. As once, uh, hopefully, once things uh, things open up a little bit, Joe, and you're able to actually start getting a, a full fledged campaign up and running, we'd love to have you back I hope on the so show. Too. And I would love to be there. I appreciate this opportunity, and uh, my best to all the listening public and law and safety. Uh, all my people out here, I, I have nothing but love for the men and women of law enforcement. Believe me, it's my life. Best of luck. So I thank you. Take, thank Joe, you. take thank care you. and stay safe, and we'll be in touch. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. All right. We're, we're up against a commercial break, ladies and gentlemen, so we're going to take a minute for some ads. WNJH Radio, and again, our phone, 609-593-9654, 609-593-9654. WNJH, and we'll see you on the flip side. Stay tuned. WNJHradio.com is asking our friends and fans in Hamilton and the entire South Jersey region for your support. We've started a GoFundMe page to help our local food bank, our local churches, and our local families that are in need of help. Just go to our Facebook page, WNJHHD1, to make a small donation. Remember, every little bit helps. With local food banks running low right now, if you know of anyone that needs help, please call our business office at 609-561-1047 during the hours of 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. And thank you to all of our South Jersey fans and friends of WNJHRadio.com. WNJHradio.com, proud to salute and support all of our hometown South Jersey medical professionals, law enforcement, and all local businesses. Spotlighting Bagliani's Market and Deli, located on 12th Street in Hamilton. Call them at 609-561-0693 or visit their website, bagliani's.com. They feature groceries, deli, meats, Italian specialties, and all the good stuff since 1959. WNJHradio.com, proud to be live, local, and loyal to South Jersey. Now back to Voice of Freedom with your host, Dr. Otto Hernandez. Welcome back, folks. Voice of Freedom radio program. We just had a great, great set here with Joe O'Donohue, Republican candidate for Atlantic County Sheriff. And I love to see folks in law enforcement speak up and speak out about some of these draconian measures taken by our Democrat governors, um, I think Murphy follows what Wolf in Pennsylvania and Cuomo in New, in New York do. I think he probably watches their press conferences and basically just tries to mimic what they do. I think he, I think he has those two as as his role models. Uh, and and like Cuomo and like uh, and like Wolf and like some of the other Democrat governors that have basically run their states into the ground. One of the reasons Murphy was at the White House today was to kiss the president's ass and and. Uh, 
asked for $30, $30 billion uh, to get the state right. Most of the money that he's asking for has nothing to do with corona, and that's the problem that we're seeing across the Democrat states. They are looking for the federal government to not only bail them out with corona money, but to bail them out of their over, you know, their overspending and their pet projects and so on and so forth. Governor Murphy, in all his wisdom, decided that it's a good idea to give illegal $600 a, a week um, during the coronavirus and then go to the White House and ask for $30 billion. Sometimes the hypocrisy um, of Democrats is, is astounds me that they, they, they do these types of things shamelessly. Did you notice, Rick, that uh, Hillary Clinton decided to come out of the, the basement this week and endorse Joe Biden for a president? And she spoke about Biden as a man of high integrity, high integrity. Uh, in the meantime... Biden continues to duck and jive uh, against these these, uh, and they're not uh, and they're not light accusations. He is being accused of sexual misconduct, um, in by way of rape. Um, the 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 usual suspects in the Democrat Party who fall all over themselves to tell us and remind us that the woman must be listened to, are all now saying that you know Joe didn't do anything wrong. Um, Nancy Pelosi, Kristen Gillibrand of New York, probably the biggest fraud in American politics, a lightweight, but uh, during the Kavanaugh hearing, she made a point of being on camera every time there was a camera around telling everybody that the woman had to be listened to, and then this week decided that she's with Joe. She believes Joe. Joe's doing the right thing. So Democrats, you know, they're big fans of, of listening to the women as long as the women are accusing a Republican of something. If they're accusing a fellow Democrat, then, you know, then the Democrat deserves due process. Yeah. Again, the hypocrisy of these of these people astounds. And, you know, they're shameless. They they basically don't care about what public opinion is on this regard. They They will stick to their values, which are about as fluid as Niagara Falls, as I said on Facebook this week. So there you have it. Um, something, else that, something else that was curious this week, Rick. I don't know if you saw it. But they had video of uh, our ex-president, Barack Hussein Obama, golfing. Golfing in, in, uh, in, at, a, at a nice cushy Virginia golf course. There was nobody on the course because the course is closed. The course is closed to the proletariat. The proletariat is not allowed to golf, only only Barack Obama. And the audacity the audacity is that the next day his wife is on on TV doing a public service announcement telling people to stay home. So there you have it. The Democrats, you gotta love them. You're on the line. Welcome to Voice of Freedom Radio program. Hello, it's Mike. Mike? Yeah. Mike, where are you calling from, Mike? Hamilton. Mike from Hamilton. Don't say Mike, what, what's on your mind tonight, my friend? Well, Mike I is a frequent a, caller, long-time listener, and a, and a frequent caller, always insightful. Mike, your call, not to interrupt you, but I'm going to do so anyway because it's my show. But I, about three or four weeks ago, you called with, uh, with an issue regarding the school system school systems being closed and whether they would have commencement or not. And I found your call so interesting that, that it prompted me to get our Board of Education president on the following week. So 
I have to give you props. Uh, your call prompted me to to you know kind of follow up on what you had brought up in the in the call and and get the board of ed president on as a guest and he was outstanding sam mento and uh spoke to many of the things that you actually addressed in your call so yeah i appreciate it i i i know i heard sam he's gonna he's gonna really try and uh get the graduation going for those seniors which that's probably good news for everybody absolutely but my pet peeve today is uh I I was looking at the gas tax that New Jersey passed. Mm-hmm. I think I think ago, we'd I be think paying we'd be paying about eighty eight cents a gallon right now if it weren't for these guys. <laughs> you know, I I think you're right because I think it passed under Chris Christie with yes. the Democrat legislature. Yes. yes, correct. They put a big gas tax increase through, and of course the consumption went way down because the Pennsylvania and everybody stopped buying gas in mm-hmm. Jersey. But the way they wrote the law is with the lack of consumption, they get their money back the following year by just increasing the gas even higher. So this year with this pandemic, nobody's driving. With the lack of consumption, we're going to get hit with another huge gas tax increase next year. So the, well, and the here, lawmakers and, and here's the, are and he, really are disappointing. Uh, they're derelict in their duty as always. But here, here's the here's the kicker, Mike, and you probably know this. What was that gas tax ticketed for? Do you remember? I, I think it was to improve the roads. Improve and... the roads. Improve the roads in New Jersey. Have you have you seen any significant improvement in the condition of our roads in New Jersey? Because I sure as hell haven't. And I have to believe that that fund, that fund where that tax money was going into, has been diverted for other pet projects, and it has not, and it has not been used for anything, anything that it was ticketed for and designed for when that tax was when that tax was shoved down our throats. I agree. Some of the some of the Atlantic County roads have gotten done, but I think that's not even the funding that they're using. So. It's just silly the money that's getting wasted in Trenton. It's ridiculous. But, it's ridiculous. And it, and this is the and this and it, if you were listening earlier, this is one of the reasons that Governor Murphy was at the White House today, kissing the president's ass, asking for thirty billion dollars for the state of New Jersey. I, I, I know. I, I I don't know if Trump's going to bail him out or not, but New Jersey really needs to get its fiscal house in order. No, we're we're on the road to bankruptcy. I mean, I can, I can't agree. I I know that uh, O'Connell said that you know we shouldn't bail out any of the states. We should let them all go bankrupt. I think that you know that's probably not a not a good strategy. I don't know that I that you know having states go bankrupt and default on pension payments and things of that nature. The folks who worked for their pensions certainly earned their pensions and it was done as a promise to the state that this was going to be there for them when they retired so i don't yeah, think well, i don't I think, think states McConnell was just trying to wake up these democrat states that just keep spending and yeah spending he was sending you know it was as a message it was it was a it was a good message and it was well received i.e stop asking the federal government to bail you out for your for your legislative mistakes you know, it's, and, it's a shell game, correct? Yeah, and your favoritism, and you know, paying off of the unions, and so on and so forth, which is the reason that New Jersey, New York, Illinois, California, you know, they're they're the states that are in the biggest debt. And 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 guess who's running these states? Guess who's been running these states? I mean, it's it's the the pattern is pretty obvious. It's 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 remarkable. 
Well, and the other point is uh, uh, Governor Murphy did do one good thing. He opened up the golf courses in the open parks, <laughs> which should have never been closed. Never. But I we we said that we've been saying that we've been saying on a Saturday. Uh-huh. Why didn't he wait till Monday? Because it's going to you know it's going to be crowded, and all these businesses have to reset the schedule to meet the social distancing rules. He could right. have waited till Monday if, well, he, it, if he was using any common sense. Well, he has no common sense. First of all, you know that, but. And and quite frankly, it would have been beneficial for for the for the businesses, the golf courses, and so forth, to be able to have a few extra days to prepare for you know to open under the under the current you know legislation and circumstances. So giving them you know giving them a few extra days would have been a good idea. Uh, on the other hand, I'm thinking, you know, just be happy the guy did the right thing for a change because he, he he hasn't been hitting a lot of home runs lately, Mike. So you know. <laughs> I only called in to aggravate Rick. I know it bothers him, but good show. I'll, I'll Everything, you know what, Rick is to the end of it. Rick has a very thin skin today. Yes. I, I think he had a. Yeah. I think he had a bad week. Let me uh, let me just say something to you, Cuz. I'm pretty sure Cousin John has the golf course ready to go for me, so I'm not going to worry about that. If you want to come you out, if you want to come out Saturday, Rick is a scratch golfer. Yeah. You know that. If you, you want to come out Saturday, just give me a text and I'll tell you what time we're teeing off. Rick is a, I'm Rick is a, for Monday. I'm going to be at Pinelands on Monday. I'm going Saturday. You know, you know that I, I like to say Rick is a scratch golfer. He he shanks it into the woods and scratches his head. You know, so, I'm not have to worry about that. Uh, Johnny used, cleaned up all the woods. He uses his pencil. He uses his pencil very well. He's yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> all right, Mike. Good Mike, night. thanks for your call as always. Stay well. Stay safe. Well. As we had, coincidentally, as we were saying before Mike's call, the pre, uh, our ex-president Barack Obama was golfing in Virginia a couple of days ago in a closed golf course. So if 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 Barack decided he wanted to do a couple of rounds of golf in the state of New Jersey, I'm sure Murphy would have allowed him full full reign of any particular golf course that he would have preferred. And the and as I was saying, the irony is that his wife, the following day. Okay, the following day, again, the hypocrisy of these people continues to astound. The following day, Michelle is doing a public service announcement urging folks to stay home because it's the right thing to do. Unless you're Barack and you want to play 18 holes, then it's okay. Then you can get the Secret Service to, you know, give you a drive to the golf course of your choice where you'll have the entire course at your leisure. Must be nice. Must be nice to be an ex-president, and you know the 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 ruling class. And this is sort of where we've come to now, because these governors, in particular, see themselves as as a, as more than just an elected official. They see themselves as some kind of different ruling class that should have you know authority. The, they speak in in the first person on a regular basis. I, I, you see that from Cuomo all the time. I will allow. Last week Cuomo was magnificent enough to say, "I will allow elective surgery," as though, you know, he had the authority to to not allow anything in the first place. Uh, Murphy, Murphy, in his own arrogant little way, uh, when he opened the golf courses was asked, was it due to the, you know, the, the public pressure? I know there was a petition I signed, among others, that had something like 30,000 signatures urging him to open up the public parks. And uh, Murphy, you know, in all, in all of his arrogance, 
and vanity said, "Oh, I'm not swayed by anything. I, you know, I make my own opinions. I'm not, uh, I'm not swayed by anything that's out there. I don't even listen to it." This is the guy. This is the guy who quite memorably said about a week or so that the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is above his pay grade. And and quite frankly, I hope I I know I'll never let that let him forget he said that, and I hope nobody else allows him to forget that as the governor of one of the most populated states in the country, the guy goes on national TV and embarrasses himself and us by saying that the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is above his pay grade. This is the governor. This is our governor, ladies and gentlemen. This is the person that we're stuck with in the state of New Jersey. Unless we could recall him, but we'll never get lucky. So let's go well, back. he's up He's up for re-election in 2021. Right, he, right. He, so... You know, his moment of reckoning is coming soon, and I sure hope that people remember how he handled this crisis because, you know, he wasn't doing a particularly great job before the crisis. He was raising taxes at every opportunity. Um, I sure hope people remember how he handled this crisis, the arrogance, the lack of empathy for people that are out of work. Um, it just a, just a general arrogance that he performed his duties with on a daily basis. Um, I, I sure hope people remember this come election day in 2021. I know I will. I know I will, Rick. So let's go back to earlier and when we got our first caller. And um, two days ago he said he wasn't going <coughs> to open up any golf courses whatsoever. A friend of mine did a little bit of research real quick. And I knew of two golf courses, didn't know there was five altogether, that our president owns in the state. Oh, yeah. So And, and South Jersey. Right. Mysteriously, two days later, ah, oh, we're going to open up all the golf courses. So I wonder if that was just to send a message to the president, like, I'm not going to open up the golf courses because you own five of them. Well, if if and and vice versa, it could be a message to the president that the day before he is to visit the White House and ask for the president to give him a handout. Right. He decides to, to open up right. the golf course. Exactly. Uh, so he throws he throws the president a bone. I I have to believe, and I, and again, seeing Trump on a day on a daily basis, and I try to watch the the briefings daily. I I think I might have missed one or two. And thankfully, he did take our advice and has started cutting this shorter. I don't think his bickering with the, the, reporters, the, the yeah. dimwits in the mainstream media is, is conducive to good television nope. um, or, or, or adds any value to anything. Their questions are stupid, and they're, and they're basically just looking to trip the poor guy up, and he's just doing his job, and he's doing a very good job. So he certainly doesn't need that kind of harassment on a daily basis. I feel for him. Um, I don't know how many hours of sleep he's getting a night, but he, he looks increasingly more tired and stressed. And I think that that might be one of the reasons why he's been prone to making a couple of goofy statements uh, over the last week or so. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not, you know, the, the, the mainstream media jumped all over his, you know, you should drink disinfect. And I forget what the hell the guy said. I listened to it. And it was it was gibberish. It didn't make any sense to me. I don't know that I, I would have come to the conclusion that he said, you know, drink drink disinfectant. I think that's yeah, that's that's insane. That that any any normal person would say that. I think under the circumstances, uh, and again, the guy is stressed. He's he's not getting a ton of sleep. Uh, 
is he prone, you know, anyone would be prone to, you know, making his own live television a, a statement that, you know, they wish 10 minutes later they could take back. Uh, so I'm not going to give kill him over that. I think that's nonsense. I think you look at the big picture and the big picture of how he's handled the job, and I, I give him an A. I said that right along. I have no reason to change it. Um, I, I fully, I, fu I continue to fully believe he'll be reelected. And I think the only thing that would not get him reelected is if somehow or another the economy simply doesn't come back by November. But I think as long as we get things moving and get people back to work and people see a positive movement trend, okay, it's not going to go from zero to sixty in one in one month or two months. But people want to see a positive trend on a monthly basis. You know, a decline in the unemployment numbers, an increase in, in, in retail sales, an increase in the GDP. And if people start to see it, a, a, even if it's a slow progress towards recovery, I think people will be very happy with the job he has done. And quite frankly, his opponent is, uh, is inept. I mean, Joe Biden, Joe, Joe Biden can't run. He, sh he can't run a Dunkin' Donuts. He, he's not he's not capable of running anything at this point in time. I. Again, I keep hearing from folks that he's a placeholder and he's going to be replaced. I keep hearing that. I do not believe that for a second. I don't believe that the guy continues to rack up these endorsements because they're looking to replace him. I find that incredibly hard to believe. Um, but we'll see what happens. It, it will be interesting. I don't think he's in any hurry to have a debate with the president. Oh, God, the, the president will eat him up. I mean, it'll, it would be embarrassing for Joe, um, regardless of who they have asking the questions. I'm sure the mainstream media will have a ringer or two oh, there asking, asking the questions. But I don't think it'll make one bit of difference. I think that the president will have Joe Biden's lunch, and I don't think Joe is capable of, of holding up physically, leave alone mentally, for an hour or two-hour debate against the president. The president, for a guy in his in his you know, early to mid-70s, has remarkable energy, remarkable mental acuity, still extremely quick on his feet, uh, uh, none of which Joe Biden can be uh, on his best day. And I'm not quite sure that he has any best days left. I think his best days kind of ended about uh, 20 years ago. But uh, anyway, folks, we're coming near the end of our program tonight. I want to thank all of our callers. Everybody was fabulous. Dave, call back another time. We'd love to have you back on when the trains aren't running. Um, thanks again to Joe O'Donohue. We wish him nothing but the best in his campaign. And, folks, it's been our pleasure tonight. Stay safe, stay happy, and we'll see you next week. Join us again next Thursday at 7 p.m. for another edition of Voice of Freedom with Dr. Otto Hernandez. WNJH Radio, its owners and associates, take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this site or the radio station, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. This site does not endorse anything as the truth. That you will have to judge for yourself. But we try to speak the truth on the owner's behalf and reserve the right to question the supposed truth. It is sometimes hard to get the truth, but we must try. It is not our intention to libel, discriminate, make hate, or annoy anyone. This site takes no responsibility for the opinions of others in the postings of comments in chat rooms or forum posts.